0: Welcome to the Pre-Post Film Review. I'm Matt Stevenson.
1: And I'm John Asquith. Uh, we've got a little bonus episode mm. for all your little ears out there today. Um, we're going to be talking about the 2017 London Film Festival, which Matt went to recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, saw a bunch of movies there, Good and Bad, I presume. Yep. And so it's sort of a tradition for us to uh, go to the film festival in each of our cities that we're in and uh, report back and um, yeah talk about the highlights and uh, some of the disappointments so uh, we try to keep these pretty energetic and fun because a lot of the movies are hard to see um, so we don't want to bore you guys too much but um, stick around and uh, hopefully you you might learn of some some hidden gems or there's, there's even some fairly um, big popular movies this time yeah. around actually so yeah. Um, Yeah, should be an interesting chat. Uh, So I'll just throw it straight over to you, Matt, and let's uh, go through your little little list. Yeah, cool. So I saw, as
0: is usually the case, probably too many films to specifically talk about all of them. I saw about 24, which is, you know, I think probably about average for me for film festivals. It was a pretty good year, I think. Um, Overall, I think I was actually a little disappointed with, The quality of the films. Maybe not necessarily the quality of the films, but perhaps I think there was quite a few that I was looking forward to or received a lot of buzz that I was excited about that perhaps didn't live up to my expectations, which um, I might touch on. There wasn't really any smaller films that jumped out and blew me away like that there often is... Uh, in these festivals so I kind of like mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I uh, created my little list here my, the sort of top few my favourites that I saw are quite uh, mainstream or bigger films that I guess it is good in the sense that a lot of uh, you listeners will be able to see them or it'll be easier to find them but um, perhaps not as interesting if you're hoping to find <laughs> some hidden gems there are a few little hidden gems in there that I'll mention but yeah um, at least the top... The, my two favourite films that I saw were both quite large releases that are that are easy to find. Okay. Um, so, I guess we can start there. I will start with the things that I liked. So, I think the best thing that I saw, or at least my favourite, was the new uh, Yorgos Lanthimos film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is his, ooh, I don't know, third or fourth, fourth or fifth, actually... Film. So this is his follow up to the Lobster, which I don't know. Have you? Said, did you ever catch that, John?
1: No, it's on on my right. list, but no, so I missed. That was a, a big one. I missed last. Yeah,
0: he has, for one. listeners who are familiar with Lanthimos, he has a very sort of distinct style. It's very kind of cold, weird, stilted dialogue. His films kind of have this surrealist kind of edge to them. And I would say this: mm-hmm. Killing the Sacred Deer. Perhaps isn't as successful as the lobster. I think the lobster. I mean, it, it wears its uh, metaphor kind of right out there on its sleeve. It's very obvious what the lobster is about right from the get go. Whereas the killing of a sacred deer is a bit more murky, a bit more opaque as to what it's actually uh, getting at. But the just the dark vibe and the the strangeness of the film. I just love. I just love it. I love his his style i guess um and that this film goes places that are perhaps not as weird as the lobster but certainly darker and uh much more intense i would say um and yeah i loved it and uh really great performances by colin farrell nicole kidman and the young kid that was in dunkirk um Barry Barry Coogan or Keegan or something. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his surname. He's Mm. like quite a strange looking kid. I don't quite know how to describe him. He's very odd looking. And he's kind of like, after Colin Farrell, the sort of central character in Killing of a Sacred Deer. And he's great, you know, I think. He's sort of like turning into one to watch. I think he... Uh, or hopefully he sort of becomes a really interesting character actor because he seems to be picking interesting things and I really like him. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, Killing the Sacred Deer. That's my, the favorite thing I saw and probably quite easy to find if it's not playing in cinemas now, you'll be able to find it on streaming and DVD and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, yeah, I'm super keen to check that one out, for sure. Um,
0: It might even be interesting, perhaps, I guess, whether we do this or The Lobster, but do a little bonus episode, or maybe a little Lanthimos uh, retrospective, because Dogtooth as well is really good, and Alps I haven't seen, so I'd be keen to catch up on that, so potentially for the Mm. future in the pod. I'd be up for that, definitely. I think they'd be right up your alley, John. Yeah. Um... Cool. So, the my second favorite thing next? Uh, yeah. is one that we've both seen, John. So we can chat about this Ooh. a little bit. Called Jumanji. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to the jungle. Um, no, it is the new Martin McDonough film. Three billboards outside of Ebbing. Missouri. Mm. Um, yes. So I think you've, you've just seen this, so you're a little bit fresher than me, so perhaps uh, you can give your take. But just briefly, I suppose, I I really like... Well, I liked In Bruges a lot, and then I was very disappointed with Seven Psychopaths, and I feel like this is a return to form for him and is much more in the vein of In Bruges in a kind of, like, weird, dark comedy with some interesting mm. sort of ideas under the surface but um yeah what did you think John do you agree did you like the film
1: yeah I, I loved it actually I, cool. I found it really uh, darkly funny mm-hmm. as you say um, quite confronting and also had quite a lot to chew on thematically and it seemed very uh, appropriate for the times were in particularly in America I think uh, in 2017 um, with all this sort of anger that's around everywhere and seems to be driving a lot of the politics and cultural discussion over there. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. I think all the performances are just incredible. Uh, p- particularly, uh, Francis Mac- McDormand, mm. who's just, you know, astounding in the movie and has such a, although she's pissed off for most of the movie, there's like different layers of how angry she is and how depressed and upset she is. Um, she just delivers like an amazing performance, but they—the whole cast is great, and I think every character is written so well and so uh, they all—they all have a complexity to them, and they—they they all are introduced almost as a stereotype, and you're like, "Oh, I hate this person," mm. or "I like this person," and then the movie kind of flips it or shows you another side of them where you you have to deal with them as a person, and the movie is almost kind of about that, about not letting your first impression or your your anger get the best of you, um, and and having empathy and realizing that, that everyone has their own shit going on. Um so yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean it's just entertaining on a very base level, but there's a lot more to it as well. Um I thought it was great. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, definitely then?
0: I mean I, I don't know what more I can add. I kind of feel exactly the same way. It's just it's one of those movies that as I was watching it, at least for the first half maybe, um, it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, I feel like. Like
1: some of the... Mm. Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. The actions that some of the characters take and some of the more vile mm. characters, it's just kind of not fun to watch. And it, and it does mm. have this streak of dark humour where you're often laughing at scenes that are quite confronting. Um, yes.
1: yeah.
0: And I sort of didn't know how to feel about that for a little bit, I think. But un- until mm. I sort of realised what the film was doing and settled into the the tone of the film and like you said once it starts turning things on their heads and you start seeing that there's more complexity and it's not just these black and white characters that you're kind of laughing at the horrific situations um Mm. yeah it's uh it's a fascinating little film I think and Oscar bait for sure right like Francis McDormand is has to win awards
1: for this I would think yeah yeah I hope so yeah
0: Cool. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, and again, another one that's easy to find. If it's, it, I'm sure it's getting a big release. If it's not already out in cinemas, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll be able mm-hmm. to find it streaming and DVD yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, cool. So, Sweet. what's next, next. Matthew? Dude. And another. Th- th- this the next film is uh, was my favorite film for... <laughs> most of the festival. That's one I saw very early in the festival and it was my favourite film for most of the festival. And then I saw Killing a Sacred Deer at Three of Blue Balls like right at the end because they were like the closing night film. Okay, and okay. And yeah. I mean, I think they're both just... The performances are so showy and something like Killing a Sacred Deer is so stylistically up my alley that it maybe skewed it to be at the front of the list. Whereas I think this third film is maybe the best or at least the most interesting film. Um, And that's Mm. a film called Foxtrot, which is an Israeli film. And Mm. it's on the surface kind of about grief and dealing with the loss of a son. So it's kind of about this father or these parents who learn that their son has been killed in the war. And it's kind of about how they deal with that. But then it's also a big chunk of it is sort of a fl- flashbacks to the son in his post at, during the war. Um, mm. And you kind of, it's sort of non-linear. non-linear so you, when you're cutting back to the parents as well, there's a sort of time jumps. So you're not quite sure whether it's before or after they found out that he's been killed. And it all this all sounds very grim, but it's not. It's very funny. And it's the, the, the posting okay. that the son is in is kind of this like him and these two or three other guys are just in this, like, shipping container and they're just monitoring, like, this most mundane border crossing and there's this, like, wacky, like, dance sequences and really interestingly, there's a couple of um, significant animated sequences throughout the film. Like, he has this sort of diary mm-hmm. where he draws these sketches that sort of come to life. Um, mm. So, it's visually very interesting. It just deals with a lot of interesting stuff. It, it sort of takes this hard somber subject matter and makes it into something fun not entirely fun like it's heart-wrenching in moments and tough to watch in moments but it's just a super unique super interesting little film and again i probably in terms of foreign films i i feel like i'm shouting out like the most known quantities <laughs> you know this is going to be like the one of the big contenders for best foreign film at the oscars i yeah. feel like i okay. don't think yeah it's any news to anyone that it's good but it's great and i think i'm not sure especially in australia what the release is so yeah i'm not sure how easy it will be to find, but hopefully it at least pops up on some streaming platforms or you know if it does get oscar nominated and potentially wins anything i'm sure that will make it easier It'll pop up on screen mm. somewhere. But yeah, Foxtrot. Um, Hunt It Down. Great. It's really, really good.
1: Yeah. No, it will do. I actually haven't really heard of that one. Cool. So, it's a little surprise, um, a little treat for you, John. little treat. little fox treat.
0: <laughs> um, and then I might just quickly run through my, my top five. So the, this next two, which again are actually smaller films. Um, okay. So <laughs> four, I've already... Regretting picking this as my fourth because I have no fucking idea how to pronounce the name. <laughs> it's called Hagazusa, I think. And this is my horror film. Uh, Gesundheit! <laughs> this is my horror film. Thank you, John. Usually, there's a. Oh, okay. usually there's a horror film. Yes. Yeah, so the, yeah, is yeah, we always look exactly. This. this is our little yeah. tradition. I feel like in festivals. Mm. And interestingly, this shares very similar DNA to something like The Witch. I mean, it is about. Very similar subject matter in terms of witches in like a similar time period. Um, so yeah, this is this is a German film. So it's like a German take on the witch, John. And given how much you oh like man, the witch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also it's not as I think the, the witch is probably a better film in terms of it the, the sort of breakdown of the family structure and that infighting. This doesn't sort of tackle that so much it's more mm. one woman who is suspected of being a witch and her kind of mental breakdown and all these horror elements start I mean they start pretty early but they ramp up as the film goes along and there's slightly sort of a question of how much is this of this is real and how much of this is her in her mind given that the, like her mm. surroundings are telling her that she's this horrible thing. And she's starting to believe it and all this like messed up shit's happening. Um, and I mean, it's, it's also similar to the witch, I suppose it's quite slow and it's moody. Like it's not in your face horror though towards the end, it goes places that are pretty full on. Um, Mm. but I, I, I don't know. I really connected with this and I found it really unsettling. Um, even if it's, yeah, but it probably doesn't didn't have the budget or the sort of level of production design or something like The Wish. Not that that had a huge budget, but they did a really great job of constructing a lot of physical stuff. Like a lot of this is kind of out, just out in the forest, you know, running about. Um, mm. Mm. So it doesn't kind of have that palpable feel uh, or sense of time and place as The Witch did. But mm. for okay. a, yeah. a small budget, like German horror film, I loved it I thought it was really really effective and really really unsettling and you should definitely check it out and this is I feel like this will be a tough one to find I don't know where you're going to find this but keep keep an <laughs> yeah. eye out for Hagazusa <laughs> I will yeah. we'll put it I in the show you, notes um, so. if
1: you go into a uh, bathroom in the dark three times in the mirror the DVD pops out yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Hopefully. yeah no that that sounds fantastic and uh I sound like a broken record but I, I really do want to check that one I f- out as I f- well that's actually probably at the top of my list yeah to I see. feel like
0: you'd like it but then again also I went in with zero expectations in fact I, I suspected it to yeah. be quite bad given that mm. it, it had a very strange title and was this German film I'd never heard of so it was very pleasantly surprised so I do worry a little bit with people going in with high expectations and they might be underwhelmed. Like it is a mm. small German art film, you know? Um, yeah. But I think you'd like it. I think you'd definitely get something out of it, even if you didn't love it as much as I did. Yeah. Great. And rounding out my top five, John is something actually that we don't often talk about on this podcast. Uh, it's mm. a documentary as a foreign documentary. It's a film Mm. called Makala, which is a French documentary about uh, a family or specifically one, the the husband or the the man in the family who uh, lives in the Congo and sells charcoal. So it's kind of one of those Mm. uh, documentaries that is very (laughs) hands-off-y. Like there's there's no voiceover, there's no text on screen. We kind of just follow a family. They yeah. like follow the uh, basically like a couple of days in the life of this guy as he, or well, maybe a couple of weeks, I suppose, as he kind of cuts the wood down and then like builds this sort of furnacey thing out of like dirt and hay and grass and like burns the wood down to charcoal and packs it all into bags and then t- on his little push bike that's stacked ridiculously high with bags like goes down the. <laughs> The road for days like it takes him days to get from his village to like where the kind of little wow. town is where he can try and sell it and then he's selling it for like you know a couple of cents a bag like something ridiculously small like it's unbelievable it's just like a, one of those really intimate tales of hardship and Really eye-opening in terms of what other cultures and other lives are like. I just found it Mm -hmm. really, really affecting and really small things like this. You watch him do all this stuff and the pain and effort that it's taken him to put, like, get all this chocolate. And he's got, like, a wife and, you know, family back home that he's trying to support. And he's, like, writing down the, the... the road at one point and puts his like bike on the stand to like take a break and his bike falls over and one of the bags cracks open and it's just like it's a tiny little uh. thing but it's just like so heartbreaking <laughs> so anyway yes so it is it's just i found it a very effective heart-wrenching in some ways portrait of mm. life uh, that's so far removed from the way we experience life in our comfy Western society. Um, Absolutely. And on on top of that, it's gorgeously shot, like stunningly shot. Um, It looks Mm. breathtaking. Um, So, yeah, if you can uh, find Makala somewhere, definitely check it out. Highly recommended.
1: Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Uh, And I I love those sorts of documentaries or glimpses into a completely different life Mm. other than your own. And, uh, yeah, certainly that subject matter in particular sort of makes you appreciate how lucky we are, um, in our culture and how you get shitty when your phone doesn't have reception or something (laughs) to like chill out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So that's good. Um,
0: cool. So they were my favorites. So perhaps, uh, I might just quickly mention a couple of films that I was super excited for. I had two in particular that were probably... Or three, maybe, that were kind of my most anticipated Mm. of the festival. And all three, while I enjoyed them, just did not live up to expectations. Um, Mm. So first was the film Good Time. So this is uh, Robert Patterson's new film. And it is... The second film, I think? I don't think it's the debut, but maybe the second film by these two brothers. Um, And it was hyped as being sort of this super intense chase film that kind of doesn't let up from the get-go. And I was very, very amped for it. It kind of has a very synthy 80s vibe. Um, Mm.
1: uh,
0: I've seen some stills from it, I think, or maybe even some clips, and it has some really cool sort of neon-y visuals and... uh, Yeah, it's kind of like this intense nightmare of a night where it's literally just following one night in this guy's life where everything sort of goes wrong. Um, And it kind of is that, but I don't know. It just wasn't as intense and exciting as I anticipated. I still enjoyed it, but it just didn't blow me away. Maybe my expectations were a little bit too high. Mm -hmm. But it also goes, Mm -hmm. I do have a little bit of an issue. I just felt a little bit yuck. There's There's a scene in the middle where he is sort of hiding out with this teenage girl who i think's like 13 or something and it's sort of played for laughs that he has to kind of seduce her in order to like distract her from his brother who's hiding with him i don't know it was just like a little bit yuck and i don't know felt felt a bit mm. weird to me i felt a bit uncomfortable i mean maybe that was the point but i didn't it didn't seem like the film was acknowledging that to me it felt like it was playing it for, as a yeah. joke not as something yeah. that was, you were meant to, like, question. Um, mm. But having said that, it does have a really cool, like, pulsing synth soundtrack that kind of, like, propels cool. the film along. Um, and a really cool trailer, actually, given that we often talk about trailers. The trailer's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so I recommend watching the trailer. I <laughs> recommend watching the film, uh, but perhaps don't expect it to blow your mind. It's not anything that new and exciting. And the the... the, yeah. the Pulsating tension isn't as unforgiving as what I've been led to believe. Like it has its normal peaks and lulls like a normal film. Whereas I thought this was going to yeah. be like a crazy intense 90 minutes of non stop adrenaline and it's kind of not,
1: hmm. but still
0: mm-hmm. quite, it's quite interesting. And Robert Patterson's just, I'm just starting to really like him. I mean, I sort of have yeah, for a while now it's, it, since he started working with Cronenberg and stuff, he's making interesting choices I'll, I think he's, uh, Mm. you know, uh, he's come out of those Twilight films looking pretty good (laughs) or at least making good picks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Um, cool. So what are the others? So the other one I was going to mention, or the the first of the other two was the Florida project. Mm. This is one that I feel like is getting a lot of awards buzz. It's the Sean Baker's follow-up to Tangerine, which I actually haven't seen. So maybe that was also part of the issue. Like I didn't I had nothing to go on other than I knew people were absolutely in love with this film. Yeah, I had no yeah. concept of what his sort of style was like. Um, I thought it was good, but it is, and the the more I get away from it, the more I appreciate it. Um, but it, it kind of was a little less significant or felt, I don't know, a bit not as meaningful or weighty as I expected. And mm. I know the point of it is to sort of not not judge th- these characters and I l- sort of love it for doing that. There's You have to spend so much time watching a horrible mother be the Mm. worst parent to this little girl and watch this little girl be a little fucking monster, which is like, it's an incredible performance. And part of me appreciates the honesty of like, kids can be little shits, but you can just see how bad the bad parenting is causing this. Which is fine. Like, I like the fact that they're not, there's no moral judgment on it. It's just presenting it. But the fact that you have to sit through it for like two hours is just becomes a bit taxing for me. And it was just a bit yeah. much. Um, having said that, Willem Dafoe, who plays the hotel manager, because basically it's about these hotels sort of are next to Disneyland where these unemployed families often end up get, sort of getting stuck and living in these these hotels and he's the manager Mm. of this particular hotel that houses the mother and daughter um and he is amazing so he's kind of this uh father figure to both of them really um and he he just sort of he's endearing and warm and he just wants to help everyone but he he has like a realistic edge like he gets frustrated and yells at them and tells mm. them to fuck off mm. sometimes. But his heart is so in the right place. It's just such a real, honest, beautiful performance. He is incredible. Um, mm. But like, And like I said, the kids are amazing. Like, you don't think it's acting. Like, it's too good to be acting. But from what I've yeah. read and heard about behind-the-scenes stuff, it was all scripted and acted. And that, that blows my mind. Like it's Mm. amazing the performances he got out of these kids but like i said Mm. it's a for me it was a slog to get like unpleasant at times and that might be the point but yeah i didn't feel like i had enough weight to warrant two hours of being being so physically angry at the mother
1: (laughs) you know yeah yeah fair enough You know, it sounds like one that's admirable and tries to go places, um, but perhaps doesn't quite get there. Yeah,
0: having said it all, I still would recommend everyone sort of see it. I think it's worth a Mm. glimpse. It gets almost like that McCullough documentary, a glimpse into this side of life and particularly American life and this kind of underbelly that is often ignored or, you know looked past and these the struggling people and and it is a nice metaphor for them sort of literally stuck right next to Disneyland like the most magical place on yeah. earth you know and they there's yeah. like a scene where <laughs> yeah. they see the they can see the fireworks every night they watch the fireworks from like out on the grass mm. in this like mm. shitty yeah. motel that they're stuck in yeah um, it's a nice yeah, contrast yeah it, it's it's quite clever um but yeah Pat didn't love it as much as I Hoped or thought that I would. Yeah. Um, and the only other one that I was a little bit underwhelmed by was Wonderstruck, which is the new Todd Haynes. So this is his follow up to Carol, which I absolutely loved. I'd like a few years yes. ago, it might have even been my favourite film of the year. I think that year. Um. So I was highly anticipating this, and this is apparently an adaptation of a like a kids' novel, graphic novel, kind of. But I'm I wasn't aware of the subject matter, of the source material. Um, And it's kind of two parallel stories. I I sort of like the ambition. One is a black and white uh, silent film, actually, about a deaf girl who's in New York running (laughs) amok, trying to sort of find her mother. Um, And then a modern story, or a more modern story, it's kind of in the 70s, of a uh, young kid who's sort of trying to... un. Find this bookshop to unravel the the, this mystery of who his parents and grandparents were and stuff. Mm. Um, And I just thought it it was fine, (laughs) you know. Like, honestly, I was kind of a little bit bored, and I don't think the cutting, but like, have I like the idea of having a silent black and white film and a more modern film sort of running concurrently and cutting between Mm. the two. But it was almost a little bit too. The boy gets um deafened at one point so he's also deaf and befriends this other kid and they end up in this museum um and some of the parallels between the two storylines are a little bit on the nose and i mean to be honest maybe i may have approached this from the wrong angle and expecting it to be a a subtle beautiful film like carol when it's actually in fact Mm. more of a kid's film like it's about kids and for kids. Yeah. And so part of me kind of wants to give it another shot and watch it with that in Mm. mind. But watch from my first viewing, watching it, hoping for something more complex and subtle, it it felt a bit cloying and on the nose and didn't really work. Mm. Um, Mm. And I was, yeah, just the story was just a little bit flat for me, but interesting ideas, almost worth checking out. Just, just to, uh, you sort of see what he's trying to do because it's not often that you get to see someone try to do a black and white silent film these days.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like all of these movies were um, good and trying for something. Definitely. uh, Which we we always sort of champion on the podcast, but perhaps, yeah, it didn't quite achieve it. Exactly,
0: and they certainly weren't, they weren't sort of down the bottom of my list. They, you know, a lot of these films are like, seven and eighth on my you know, they're still quite high. But yeah, yeah, I expected yeah. them to be like vying for number one
1: mm.
0: when I went in. Yeah. Um so yeah, they're they're my favourites. I guess the only other couple that I think might be worth mentioning that were like pretty big disappointments, probably down the other end of the spectrum, were mm. um Brawl in Cellbok ninety nine, which is the Vince Vaughn film from the director of Bone Tomahawk, which I actually think Bone Tomahawk was quite good. Again, a little bit overhyped. And I feel like the hype for this is very undeserved. Um, I just 100% did not buy Vince Vaughn in the role that he was in. It felt like he was meant to be this lovable criminal that was kind of like wisecracking almost. But his delivery of it I don't know I just did not like him at all uh, and it never built to anything that significant like there's no real brawl in Cellbook 99 like it does get the violence the violence <laughs> in this film is fucking stomach churning like there is one scene in okay. particular I mean yeah there's one scene in particular that's very 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 graphic but Graphic in the sense that it's almost so graphic that it's clearly faked. Like, there's a lot of prosthetics happening, which I like. Like, I love that sort of prosthetics realness. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of like what he's going for. But, again, maybe this is expectations, but from what I was led to believe and what I sort of was anticipating was a slow build and then an enormous action like, 70s exploitation-esque brawl, you know, to be this whole prison thing where, like, he's just almost like... Mm. What are those? Like, Escape from New York or, like, uh, what's the John Carpenter film? The, where, the uh, Yeah, like The Raid or um, Assault on Precinct 13 or something like that um, where it turns into a really big, intense action film where it's really not. It's more like a series of three escalating punch-ups, um, Okay. And it sort of builds, it, it never, it spends so fucking long getting to the prison, like at least half the film, if not more, and then builds these sort of like three levels of like intensity, I, I, but they're way too short to have any impact. Like it, it, I felt like it should have, it skewed the wrong way and it should have built up because he, he goes into one prison and then has to do something to get him into the maximum security prison and then has to do something within the maximum security prison to get him into, like, the worst part of that prison. But it's like, all those things happen so quickly, like, compared to what mm. happened before, it, and I never got a chance to, like, feel the excitement or tension. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I feel like it's overlong and very overrated. But... Perhaps worth watching if you like gory practical effects. If you like seeing someone get their face stomped off, then literally get their face stomped off. (laughs) Um, You can see that in this film. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, And the other one, which is perhaps a little harsh because I I didn't dislike this film, but again, I feel like this is an episode about expectations, but I was quite underwhelmed um, which we can we could have a chat about, John. Which is uh, Ingrid Goes West, which you really liked. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah,
1: I th- I thought that movie was fantastic. Yeah,
0: and I mean, Underwhelmed is probably maybe I have I think it up. so. When I say Underwhelmed, I've I've given it like a three star review here, so it's not like I disliked it. Yeah, but I, it was yeah quite far down my list in favourite films of myth. F- uh London Film Festival. Um, I think. I had a, maybe not from you, but from sort of stuff that I'd heard, uh, anticipated that it was much darker than it really was. I had the sense that it was going to turn right. almost actually into a thriller. Um, which obviously doesn't okay. happen. Yeah. Um, no,
1: not really. And
0: I don't know. I just felt like you were right about, I liked the sort of Instagrammy culture and the, the, smartphone stuff like that's all pretty bang on the money but i don't Mm. think it really went anywhere with much of it like you see the the start to see the darker side of like ashley olsen's is that who it is the the woman the girl Mm. that she's talking her life and her husband's like he potentially has some alcoholism or some sort of drinking problem and they're not that Mm. together but then it kind of just drops all that straight away, and then I don't know. It's, it I, I just expect I expected sort of. it to be yeah. to do something a little bit bolder than it did. I guess I think was my problem.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I would say. I mean, yeah, we don't have to. No, we've already talked about it in
0: length, I suppose. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, I think the ending is still pretty dark. The very end, you know, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, that's true. The very yeah. end sort of brings it back to that that sort of uh, darkness without giving anything away. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think I think I expected it to almost turn into like a horror film, or like she would go turn so fucked up yeah. that it would be like.
1: I can see that. Yeah, yeah.
0: something really. Yeah. I don't know. Really messed up, but it what it didn't it wasn't that it's much more a comedy than it is a thriller.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I
0: guess again, like looking at it through that lens, at least it's uh it is tackling or you know, dealing with interesting subject matter and interesting themes. And Like I said, it was like mm. three stars for me, so I still enjoyed it. I think I just mm. was expecting something, especially after your glowing review. Yeah. Maybe my my like expectations <laughs> were too high, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get something really like cool and crazy here, and it was just like, yeah, just I think
1: it's that thing that we we've talked about a lot. Of um, when I saw it, I I think yeah, I had seen the trailer, but I really didn't know too much about it, yeah. and didn't have those expectations and again that makes a huge difference. Um, Having
0: said all that, the I think the best person in that film is her like the landlord, her friend who like then becomes her boyfriend. Oh yeah. Who's it like? This is it like isn't it like Ice Cube's son? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. That's I'm gonna send Terra we can cut that out (laughs) if that's wrong, but I think it is. Anyway, He is so charismatic. Like, there's just something about yeah, it. But then, I mean, that was an also mm. a, another issue that I had with it. I just didn't believe that he would stick, like, hang around. Like, fuck me. Like, what she does to it, straight away, like, with the car, it would be, like, done, mate. Mm. Like, I just did not buy that he would, like, keep yeah, repeatedly going back and, I don't know, going to parties with her and she'd just keep fucking him over. I don't know. I didn't buy that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. He's yeah,
0: but him like I want to see him in more stuff. Like he is so charming. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's probably the highlights from the festival. I think John, Um, Mm. like I said, overall a good festival. But the the ones I was really looking forward to were a little little underwhelming. But you know, as always, Mm. there's good stuff there, and um, hopefully this is gonna provide tips for people to find things, hunt things down, or, you know, perhaps check something out like Killing of a Sacred Deer or Three Billboards that they might have not thought was up their alley or something. Um,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a few on there that I didn't know about that I'm quite keen on now, uh, because we haven't chatted about this until just now, so yeah that's cool it's always good to share these uh thoughts i think because um it's hard to see some of this stuff or you just wouldn't know about it otherwise definitely so um yeah it's great i love uh i love going to festivals and discovering movies that you wouldn't be able to normally definitely. See.
0: can't can't wait for the next one.
1: Oh yeah